During the COVID-19 crisis, there are still people out there who are boldly defying the rules scientists and doctors have pleaded with us to follow in order to stop the virus from spreading. These people have a bad case of exceptionalism, living life as if there is no way anything bad can happen to them. In their minds, they are the exception. That is, until it happens to them or someone they know. The reason why I'm so adamant about people obeying the rules is because I can see how serious this crisis is. And obeying the rules means staying inside, staying two meters or six feet away from one another if you are outside, staying away from the elderly except to drop off food and supplies, and washing one's hands for at least 20 seconds under warm to hot water. By the time this is all over, all of us would know someone touched by this virus, and I hope that everyone pulls through. I hope that they find a treatment quicker than quickly, and that a viable vaccine is on its way. I know two people who have been stricken by COVID-19 and its serious business. One of them is Will Carroll, drummer of Death Angel. I am very happy to report that Will has recovered from it and is now home resting. But he was hospitalized in the ICU, and it was pretty tense there for a while. This episode with Ted Aguilar, guitarist for Death Angel, was scheduled to happen before I knew about Will's health, and we agreed to postpone it until Will was better. So it's with great relief and joy that Ted's on the podcast now. Aside from all the COVID news, Death Angel have been on an upward trajectory for this past year. From releasing yet another on-point crushing banger of an album called Humanicide to garnering a Grammy nomination in the Best Metal Performance category because of it, being part of the Bay Strikes Back Metal Tour of the Year with Testament and Exodus, to releasing a new Death Angel beer, Divine Defector, seems like nothing can stop Death Angel now. I've made no secret about my fandom for the band. I even wrote about them in my book, I've Got Something to Say on Feral House, and I'm even in their 2015 documentary called Thrashumentary. The night of the Grammys this past January 26th, when Death Angel was up for the award, we were in St. Nicholas, Belgium, playing a show at a venue called De Casino. I was watching a live stream of the awards all the way up to our showtime. And on stage that night, I mentioned their Grammy nomination. And right then and there, it hit me. With other bands that I've loved, even million-dollar multi-platinum bands, there's always been a few times where I either lost interest or simply stopped following or been critical of an album or two. But when it comes to Death Angel... I followed them through every album, every release, through every era, never once losing interest, never once checking out, never once being disappointed. I've remained a constant booster from ultraviolence to humanicide. So I guess it's fair to say that Death Angel are my favorite band. I announced it on stage that night, and I meant it. They didn't win the Grammy. Tool ended up winning, but that meant little to the DA fans around the world. To us, the band had already won with the nomination. 
Now, it's been some time since Ted was on the podcast. Last time was episode 135 back in 2016. So it was nice to have him back on, especially in a good fighting spirit to talk all things Death Angel. As I've mentioned on recent episodes, I've decided to go weekly with the podcast. I usually do this bi-weekly because it can be time-consuming putting this all together every seven days. But guess what? I now have the time to go weekly. So during the COVID-19 lockdown self-isolation, I am shooting a new episode out into the ether every seven days. You can also check out the most recent COVID-19 weekly episodes with Patrick Mazingo of Junkyard, Daniel Decay of Exciter, and Mike Watt of the Minutemen and Firehose. This podcast is free to download and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And if you feel so inclined, please leave a rating and or a review as well. Okay, get ready. Get ready, everybody, because Ted Aguilar of Death Angel is on this episode He's this episode's guest, and it starts now. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around. They play the kiddies, Tango School, I'll tell them for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fucked Up. Stop playing Hang Joe, Joe. It's the greatest podcast from coast to coast, coast to coast. And I say the Don Coach Jones podcast makes me and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready, because the Danko Jones Podcast starts Hey, Ted. What's up, Danko? How are you, man? I'm good, man. It's good to be talking to you today. Yeah, while we're all cooped up and shit, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, uh... Had this thing planned before uh, a few weeks back, and then um, I I went on my phone and I saw Gary Holt's post, and uh, I couldn't believe it. So I'm glad to be talking to you now, and it's great news, man. I'm happy for you guys. Um, man, what can I say? It's great. Yeah, what can we say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you know? man. Yeah. You know? You know, when you guys posted, like um, – I think you guys posted something about like a, you know, the last show was canceled. Some guys are sick. In the back of my head, I thought, was it COVID? You know, and it kind of turned out it was right. Uh, so, just happy to know that. I mean, yeah. I mean, for me, I thought it was just you know regular uh, tour bug. You yeah. know how you get those. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when you're touring in the winter. You know, you get your cold. You get your you know, your chills, your stuffy nose and cough. So we just figured it was that, you know, right. you know, then as you could see from the web, you know, people were posting that they had it. And back when you guys were on tour, this thing happened so fast, you know, we weren't looking out for symptoms. Nobody was really being that diligent. Um, so it wasn't as if you guys just kept going because you, you wanted to keep going. I mean, 
and luckily it happened. Yeah. yeah. It happened. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Or, you know, while we were touring, you know, we were keeping up on the news. It wasn't as, um, how would you say it wasn't as prominent as it is today right yeah. now? Yeah. You know, we just hear, you just hear about it, but it, it was funny. Like, you know, two of our shows that got canceled was one Italian show in Milano, which we, you know, we were supposed to play there. We were in Zurich the night before and we just got, you know, the government's not having any events. So we didn't go to Milan. So we went straight to Barcelona for a day off and we just continued the tour there until we played in Brussels and uh, we just found out that night in Brussels that the last show in Hanover was going to be uh, canceled. That's crazy, man. I was watching. I was watching all the uh, the the your tour as it was unraveling, and I I was like, man, they got to just get home. So it's glad that you guys got home and everybody's. I I have to assume everybody in all three camps are safe and sound, bands and crews, right? As of as of as I know right now, everyone's you know on the band doing well. That's amazing, and uh, uh, you know we weren't going to do this podcast you and I together until Will was yeah. was better and feeling good, and that's why we're talking now. It's 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 great to to hear your voice and under you know under uh, the circumstances now. Uh, and Rob yeah. Rob uh, uploaded a great photo of him and Will. Um, and he he actually messaged me saying that's an old photo. I thought it was real up and running, going whoa, wow, man, that was a quick bounce back. But uh, it's just good that he's there and he's he's got his uh, humor with him as well in the in the post that he made and everything. So it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it is really cool. I mean, uh, that was a pretty scary time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we, we were just you know, you know, the time we found out he went in. I mean, I'm not gonna. It should be his story to tell, but yeah. I could tell you from my my perspective, like we knew he went in and then uh, we were just waiting on, you know, just updates from his, his family. And we just wanted to, you know, respect their privacy. You know what I mean? Then uh, then all of a sudden at, that he went in, then, you know, from there we just decided, all right, let's just tell the world, you know, he's, you know, send positive vibes and just respect every privacy. But now that he's up and well, I rather decided the story. You get what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone I think is just relieved that Will is out of the hospital, back home, and recovering, and that's the best news. And that's that's all yeah, we need that to is. know. That's all we need to know, yeah. man. Yeah. But uh, well, enough of this COVID thing, man. Let's let's get back to the real reason why I asked you to be on the podcast. Like, first of all. I we we had a show the night of the Grammys and I was live streaming it before we went on stage and then after we went on stage and on stage I said like you know one of my favorite bands of all time might win a Grammy tonight and there was two guys in the crowd this is in Belgium two guys in the crowd wearing Death Angel shirts didn't you bring them up on stage? And we brought them on stage and we took a photo. I sent it to you guys. And, and I, you know, I was really, I don't know, man. It was like really, really rooting for you guys to win so badly, man. It was, it, I, I was, it was, it, I was definitely team Death Angel, man. I was so rooting for you. 
Um, but it's just an honor to get nominated. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, thank you for that, for uh, uh, rooting for us. I mean, it, uh, it was uh, quite a, a, a surprise, actually. I mean, I, I mean, to be nominated, that's a win for us already. But, you know, just, you know, from my perspective, out of all the bands in the, in the world, we were part of the five. You get what I mean? Yeah. There was Tool, there was Tool, I Prevail, Candle Mass, Us, and Kill Switch Engage. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of metal bands out there. And we were five, which is like really heavy and fast and, you know, very thrash-like. You know, you, you would think they'd probably pick a more mellow tune. You know what I mean? To tell you where we found out, we were in Canada on tour, on our North American tour, and we played, I forgot what city in Canada, but it was, I, Calgary? I remember was the it club, it was, uh, Calgary? I think it was Calgary at the Dickens Club or something. Right. Some club, yeah, it was, it's like downstairs and stuff. So we found out that day. I remember um, Mark was saying that he found out, like, he woke up, woke up to all these texts, and he woke up rob jumped out of his bunk woke up rob and just told him dude we got nominated for a grammy and, and i woke up like hours later to all these texts saying congratulations and i didn't know what the fuck was going on until you know <laughs> i found out <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing like so did you guys even know that you had been submitted because because i don't know how many people know this but you have to submit for these kinds of distinctions I've heard we got submitted, but that it was just like, oh, we got submitted, cool. But I wasn't, you know, we weren't really thinking of it. You know, for me, I was, we got submitted more like, yeah, so did thousands. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I was just, I just wasn't tripping off it. I was just on uh, the task at hand, the tour and what we need to do. Then all of a sudden we found out, boom, you're nominated. We're like, holy shit. It was at a intense moment. Well, I mean, being in Alberta in the dead of winter, that's got to be the best news ever. <laughs> it was. You know how Canada is. In yeah, you, need yeah. some, you, you need some good news to deal with all that <laughs> cold. And it was really cold. Yeah, man. yeah. That was yeah. awesome. I saw the video. You guys like shared a drink uh, backstage after or before the show. I mean... I mean, that's just so great. I, I couldn't believe it myself when I heard the news. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, so. it was amazing. We were representing everyone in, in the metal scene, more more the thrash scene and more the, the Bay Area scene and, you know, yeah. fans in general, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, I, I'm i a little biased, but I think it's long overdue. Uh, Thank es you. Especially from, I mean, if we have to divide DA into eras, like – from your era onwards, very long yeah. overdue. I think you guys, with you at the helm with Rob on guitars, have put out stellar release after stellar release. I mean, it's just a. It, I mean, it's not a matter of time because these things are crapshoots, but it is definitely deserving. But also, I think, like previous records, you know, all the previous records as well. So. I'm glad this one did get the uh, treatment that the Grammy treatment that it did. Uh, that was really good to see, man. And I hope. Yeah. Yeah. I Sorry. mean, I was um, I was stoked. Every band, every band member was stoked. You know, the fact that, you know, we worked hard on this record. But deep down inside, don't get me wrong. I was stoked. I mean, come on, man. I mean, 
you're nominated for a Grammy, that's a big thing. But deep down in my heart, I was really, really more stoked for Robin Mark. Right. You know, because they've been at it for a long time. I mean, you know, and just being a part of it with them, I was excited. But, you know, way deep in the crevices of my heart, I was like, fuck yeah to both of them. Yeah. You know, they work really, they work really hard. So that made me happy. Right, right. You, you, you know, you and I have talked about Death Angel, almost objectively speaking, from both of us being fans, even though you're in the band. Even though you're in the band, we've talked about Death Angel as fans. And so I, yeah. I understand your perspective uh, as well. Like you have... I think the best of both worlds. You are a fan of the band, and you're in the band. You're like um, that Mark Wahlberg movie, almost. Uh, I don't know. I think it was called Rockstar. Rockstar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you joined like one of your favorite bands, and I mean that. I'm so so happy for you. Just that alone is is a story. Um, yeah, but, man. Thanks. Yeah, but it's it's great that you have that perspective on it as well. Uh, that you can appreciate. I appreciate it from, you know, watching Rob and Mark. And I agree with you, man. They've been at it for so long. And, you know, sometimes it's frustrating because I feel Death Angel should be a little higher um, profile. But now that the Grammy has happened, have you noticed like a spike in, in, in anything? Actually, you know... We have. I mean, right when Humanicide came out, there was a lot of changes within the camp that happened. You know, right now we're self-managed. We decided to manage ourselves. You know, it's a lot of work, but it's also rewarding at the same time. You know, and uh, we started to uh, on on the Humanicide tour right before it released. We went out on, you know, we started the tour with Overkill. And, you know, we started to change things up. Like, why don't we bring a light person out, you know, try to add to the show. And we also brought out a videographer, which happens to be my nephew, who did the I Came for Blood video and the Immortal, Immortal Hated video. He did those videos. And he did all he does all our socials, all the videos that you see on socials and stuff that we post on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. He does all that stuff. I noticed so we, there's a lot of, of content now. Yeah, we, we, you know, because, you know, it's hard for us band members to create content sometimes. Sometimes you can just do a photo and stuff, but we wanted to try to capture the essence of the road and what goes on we try to do our best what goes on behind the scenes and on the scenes and you know when you're in the moment you know as you know Danko it's hard to capture stuff so we had someone to come out with us and try to capture as much as they can and try to you know spike up our socials and we start to see a little climb here and there we thought better than all previous albums to tell you the truth well, that's good. I know you guys uploaded a, a video of, I think it was you and Rob jamming with Gene Hoagland. Yeah, that was everyone except Mark and Will. Will was actually asleep on the bus and we started sound <laughs> we started sound check early and Gene Hoagland happened to be there. And I go, hey, dude, get behind the kit, man. And he did. And he goes, "What's?" I asked him what song you want to do. He goes, Mr. Sapain. I go, you know what? He goes, uh, pretty much. And we just jammed it. He did. We didn't even rehearse with him. He was just going off memory. That's how Gene Hoagland is. Oh yeah. Oh, Gene's a machine, man. Gene is a machine. Like, uh, I, well, when I was watching that, I mean, you guys were doing Mistress of Pain, one of my favorite Death Angel songs of all time, and all I just kept thinking was, oh man, I would 
totally jump on the vocals right now, man. I would totally, I could totally rip this song too. I know you can. <laughs> so yeah, I, I remember that video very well because I was like, ah, damn, I wish I was out there, man. <laughs> that would have been cool if you jumped on vocals. Oh, yeah. Because Mark, Mark doesn't sing for sound check. He kind of saved his voice for the show. Right. So we always, we always do uh, sound checks instrumentals. You know, sometimes we'll mess with a cover or play a song that's not on the set just to get a jam in you know oh so, that is good to know man i'm gonna show up early next time you're in town <laughs> you should dude, and we'll, we'll just tell you what song you want to jam we need to know beforehand so we can rehearse it at least you know what right I mean? well i'll do you mistress know? of pain i just can't hit mark's notes man i can't hit those notes yeah, he, he's, I'm surprised you could still hit him, man. Oh, it's insane. I'm so impressed. As I've told you before many times how I feel Mark's vocals just get better with each successive record. So I'm just I I it's like um as a as a vocalist as you know, I it's like um very inspiring to see yeah. to see someone who's been at it for so long it not not like a you know like a Tom Waits troubadour type crooner, but a guy who like has to go extreme with his voice, has to bring it to the to the end every night. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I am. Insane. It's inspiring just to know that hell. Okay, so it is possible you can be at the game long enough and actually get better, as opposed to a lot of vocalists tend to get wor- worse as time goes on and. I feel Mark just has gotten better. I don't know. Does he have a secret or something? Like, I well, mean, you know, he wouldn't I mean, tell. I mean, obviously, but I mean, do you know? I, oh, well, I could tell you what I know, what I think. But uh, to backpedal a little bit, I do agree with you that he's gotten way better with each album. Usually, with a lot of vocalists, you know, I'm not going to mention any names. You could tell, like, uh, they they could still do it, but they don't have that umph like they used yeah, to. And exactly. it's hard because you get older. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? Exactly. You get older, and, and plus, you know, I don't know, maybe you just wanted to change the way you sing. But with Mark, I mean, one, I think he's in great shape, you know. Right. right. Uh, he really takes care of himself, you know, you know, physically and uh, mentally, and his voice, too. That Hence, he doesn't do interviews, and he doesn't really talk so much uh, pre-show, which I totally get, because he has a hard job to do. Yeah. You know? You know, just to belt it out and sound really good. And, you know, he's just really, really into it, you know, into it musically, the way he sings. And, you know, ever since, you know, Relentless, Mark's taken up a lot, a lot of the, you know, lyric writing and the vocal melody with, a you know, a tad help from Rob. You know, every now and then Rob will have stuff for a couple of songs, but pretty much 90% of the time Mark's writing. And when he's writing, he's feeling it. And when he's feeling it, he projects it. Right. So that yeah. that's how I could. That's my view of how Mark's so good now, better than ever. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a tired cliche to go. Oh, he's better than ever. No, but he is yeah. actually better than ever. I mean, he hit his. He hit a peak already on on the early albums. Like you know, we're talking about Mistress of Pain, but man, these last few records, uh, it's it's incredible. Just as a as a singer myself, like just listening to it and knowing Mark's history. Yeah. You know, he sounds like he sounds like a new young gun on the scene, but he's not. He's like a grizzled veteran who's been at it for so long and nothing has has dissipated. So it's just inspiring as another as another singer. 
Yeah, so. it's it's inspiring to me too because he, you know, like you said, he it's he looks like and sounds like a young buck who just jumped into the scene, but he's been doing this for a while. Not only that, though, too, it's the music Rob writes. He's really everyone's into it, and as a vocalist, when you when there's music presented to you, or whether you write it or not. If you're really into it and you have stuff to write to it, you'll be done. You know, it's just going to project way better. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why I, I have to write the lyrics in our band, just because I got to. If you got to dig deep and, and get like some sort of really good performance, it's got to come from from somewhere deep. So I, I totally agree. Although, yeah, and, you know, and if, not only that, Rob, when Rob writes lyrics, Mark could relate to them, too. You know, right. I mean, they're pretty much on the same page, melodies and lyric wise. So, you know, Mark could, you know, I've been in a studio where, you know, Rob's written some stuff and Mark goes, oh, I could feel this. And he goes in there and knocks it out of the park. And I'm like, holy, that sounds killer. And it's really hard, you know, for vocalists, you know, that I've, you know, experienced and witnessed to sing someone else's lyrics, you know, if they can't really relate to it or feel it. It is. It is really hard. When I mean, I, no one hands me lyrics because I just, they just wilt in my hand. I can't really do much with it. But Yeah, uh, yeah. every singer is different. Some people could, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in this case, I think, you know, Mark's really got to feel it. And, you know, when he's writing it and he's feeling it, or whether Rob writes it and he's feeling it, like I said, man, he, he, you could tell that motherfucker means it when he sings it. Yeah. Um. So, so uh, the latest thing on the Death Angel at the Death Angel camp is the Divine Defector beer. Yeah. Now, how how did this come about? This seems to have been a long, long time coming. Well, actually, that's this this one that just came out today that they're starting to ship today is actually, you know, technically our third beer. It like is? About a, oh. Yeah. Oh. About a, about a, was it, we, we try to come out with a beer every year. You know I, I mean? didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, okay. The, the first beer we came out with was uh, Caster of Shame. Then, you know, yeah, that, that yeah. was in 20, whew, 2018, I believe. Then 2019, we came out with Divine Defector. And this next one is a special edition Divine Defector, which is a different IPA. So I see. Okay. All right. Now, um, yeah, Caster of Shame actually is familiar to me now. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have any of it. But do you get rid of every can? I'm sure you get rid of all of them, right? Yeah, we've so we've been selling out pretty good, and we're stoked. I mean, we teamed up with a, a, a local brewery in the Bay Area called Ale Industries. They're out in Oakland. And um, how we got hooked up with them was actually through uh, a Death Angel fan who is an intern at the brewery, uh, uh, a friend of ours named Varun. And uh, he brought up the idea to us about, hey, one, you guys want to come out with a Death Angel beer? And we were like, hell yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's what started it all. We actually went down to the brewery. The rest of the guys, you know, were doing taste tests and all that to figure out what would you know how they want the beer and that's how we that's how the relationship got started with them that's awesome i mean uh, yeah. i'm sure that was did you go down for that taste testing thing uh the, i went down i tasted but i wasn't going to be the only one because come on man you know i don't drink that'd be the wrong person to go down there to test beers <laughs> and make a death angel beer the guy who doesn't drink well say, yeah <laughs> same with me however i did didn't you partake 
for that Grammy, the shared Grammy I drink? Did. Yeah. I did. I mean, usually my whole, my whole, I don't drink at all. And the whole thing on the road is I'll have a celebratory beer and a shot of either Jaeger or whatever on the last night of the tour to kind of celebrate. Right. Okay, guys, we're done. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But for that moment, I broke the rule because, come on, we just found out we got nominated for a Grammy and everyone was celebrating. So I said, all right, I'll celebrate with you guys. Oh, yeah. Hot <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And that tour, I mean, that you guys just did, this Testament, Exodus, Death Angel tour, yeah, uh, I mean that just sounds like, oh man, I just wish you guys came here with that. That's like that is a tour that should have happened years okay. ago, and I'm, man, that's a wicked tour. I, it, it, was it sold out every night? I'm, I gotta, I gotta assume it was. A majority of the tour was sold out. I mean, there was some places where it was packed and shy of selling out. Right. But yeah, that tour was really well. I mean, we've done tours with Testament. And we've done a couple of tours with Exodus, but not all three bands. So, right. I mean, it was uh, um, everyone was really stoked to, you know, see that tour. Not only the fans, but every band on that tour was stoked. Everyone got, you know, there was no drama, which was good. You know, usually on tours, you always get that. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, hey, we don't know this band. What are they up to? You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> but it's funny, but we toured with them so many times that when we showed up, it was just like, what's up? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And and our crew, you know, we all shared the same crew at one. I mean, so each crew member has worked with every single band. So, you know, they were so helpful and they know each other and they got along that they made the t- the shows go smooth. You know what I mean? Those are and, always uh, the best tours, man. Yeah, man. It, it, it just funny. It was just so like, uh, it was just flowing like a machine where, you know, we were going on on time, getting off on time. You know, every band, every, you know, Testament treated us well. Ex, you know, we all got along. It was just, it was probably the tour with no drama. Everyone was just having a good time laughing. And you could see it in the fans. So stoked to see, you know, every, you know, all the, all the three thrash bands from the Bay Area on one bill. Yeah, I and yeah. Not only that, test. I mean, you know, Testament was really cool, and they gave us a good time. They gave us fifty minutes. Exodus got an hour, and Testament got an hour fifteen. You know, that's that's good times for a three band bill. Oh yeah, that's pretty fair. That I, is great. You yeah, know? I mean, that's almost equal billing. You know, it it, it makes sense. It does, and you know when everything was flowing smooth like that, you know, it, it just makes for a, you know, it just makes being home, being away from home a lot easier. Yeah. That's a, that's an experience. A lot of people who like music and go to rock shows don't really understand that what's, there's so much happening behind the scenes that nobody sees that it can affect even the performance, you know, and all it takes is one, one person in the tour and everybody's like what's wrong with that guy and then it just spreads you know and it it, it makes a it, it brings a black cloud over the tour and it, it could start with one guy you oh know? you know so you know it so well dango <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean we've had you know i'm sure you, you experienced this as well we've had tours where the crew is not you know one crew member could be you know, uh, and it just kind of makes the whole tour going, oh, man. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it then, really sucks. But on this tour, everyone was just, everyone was on their game. Band members, crew members, you know, 
the the bus drivers, you know, everything were just like, all right, man, this is fun. This is fun. Yeah, like it's like um, <clears throat> all I want is for everyone to just constantly laugh. That's oh what yeah, I'm, laugh, laugh, laughter is great. Man. Yeah, that's all I want from from the time the first show to the last show. All we're doing is joking and laughing, and and that's it. And so yeah, uh, yeah. life's too short to uh, have a bad time. Yeah, but you know it's it happens, it happens mm-hmm. on tour, you know so. That's great. I, I mean, that tour sounded like. I just wish. Do you think you guys are gonna do that again in uh, North America or what? Like, um, you know what? I mean, we started with Europe first because, as you know, you tour Europe. You know, it's a good place. Yeah. It's a good place to tour, and uh, there's talks about you know doing North America, but with the state of the world right now, it's kind of hard to plan things for the future. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, once this crisis has passed, now that could be six months, twelve months. I don't know, but yeah, once this is passed, like, do you think you guys can bring it over here? I I'd like to. I mean, it all depends on everyone's scheduling. Now I know Testament just released their new album. Was it last Friday or something? Yeah. Which is which is a really really good album. And I know uh, Exodus is writing, and I know they want to record a new album, and we're in the middle cycle. It all depends on scheduling. We'd like to make it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'd like to hit North America with this package. I think everyone wants to see it, and you know, maybe try to hit South America and uh, Japan and Australia. But we'll see. I mean, right now, as soon as we got home, everything got on yeah. a standstill. Yeah. 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 You know, right now it's kind of hard for us to to plan. You don't want to start, you know, booking stuff, then all of a sudden you got to cancel it. It's just like, you know, very disappointing and kind of takes the wind out of your sails. Yeah, it does, man. Like, uh, I'd be get, I'd be get gearing up for our second tour, but that's it's canceled. So, so yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a crazy time, isn't it? It's kind of nuts, kind of nuts, and uh, you know, I'm trying trying to. I'm slowly trying to take my eyes off of the news because that's i've just been peeled to the news like glued to the news and and uh it's not good man it's you got to give yourself a break so but you know yeah you do i mean yeah the news is it, it it's uh i mean I'm, I'm trying to keep up with it because you know there's new data every day things are changing every day yeah but i i'm, I'm trying to not look at the news and you know, at least try to live life, but also be precautious at the same time. We just got to wait it out, I guess. Well, now let me ask you something. If the things get lifted and everyone is ready to go out, do you think it's – what are your thoughts on that? They would only, I think, lift everything if there was treatment. Not necessarily a vaccine, but treatment. Now, if there is treatment, then if you get it, you can – you know, get over it because they'll administer some sort of drug. In that way, I think, you know, we'll go out and are you talking about if people are going to actually attend the shows? Well, that and, you know, because the way I look at it, if things, hopefully sooner than later, if things, you know, the whatever goes on in the background, if they could find a treatment or a vaccine, whatever the case, I think it's going to go two ways. Everyone's going to rush out and have a good time or people are going to be hesitant to go out to have a good time. 
I agree with you, man. I don't know. I mean, as a touring band, I hope people rush out. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But if they don't, then we're just going to have to deal with it, you know? And you know, like any any real band knows, we've all done tours where it's like, oh, man, this tour is a disaster. So Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so we're, we're just going to – I'm – me – psychologically mentally preparing myself for you know a poorly attended tour and anything that's better than that will be a welcomed surprise so yeah like i'm just i'm just bracing myself for if we go out when we go out you know people will be too cautious and stay at home and not go to the show well mentally i would have prepared for that and i'll be i'll be okay with it but like you said, if the if it flips on the other side of the coin and people are just dying to go out, well then come on down, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like icing on the cake. Exactly. Then it'll be, you know, I'm just expecting the worst tour, and anything will be welcomed, you know. So, uh, what are you doing on this downtime that the world has at the moment? Well, for me, I've done like uh, I'm, I'm turning this podcast weekly. So that that's busying me. And, uh, you know, whether people realize it or not, we were working on songs all the way through into this crisis. So we're just still writing songs. That's a good thing. Uh, yeah. we're, we're about ready to do the same thing, too. I, I saw that on Will's uh, post. He mentioned something yeah. about Rob's riffs. I was going to ask yeah, you about that. I know. Uh, we've talked. And uh, I think, you know, people are going to start delving in and getting some ideas together while we have this downtime. Yeah. And and also, too, try you know, I think this is going to, you know, personally, my opinion, it's probably going to change the way how music is released. You get what I mean? Um, we're probably going to write songs. We're probably we're also trying to figure out how to stay connected to the fans via online because that's where everyone's living right now, you know. You know socials and whatnot. Right. I mean, if we can't if we can't play live yet, we, you know, you got to try to find a way to you know what good ideas can we stay connected to the fans. I mean, I just saw recently like uh, was it Charlie Benante and Alex Skolnick did some video where they were playing together, but in different parts where they were playing a rush tune with the bass player from Suicidal. You know what I mean? Oh wow, okay. Yeah, they were doing YYZ. You know. But they all played it separately, but they edited the video together, which I thought is really cool and it's really good to watch. So ha trying to have, you know, not only writing, you know, some songs, but trying to figure out a way to stay connected online while we're at home and we can't get out there to, you know, to the fans and play live. Well, you know, people have hit me up going, when are you going to do uh, like a streaming show? And uh, we want to do that. But it's just we're supposed to be practicing physical distancing, social distancing. So we can't really do that in one room together, which is what we're used to. But I think, like you're saying, in, in the future, this could be a more common thing with bands where we do these online shows. Like the Chromags with Harley, they did an online show, a, a quarantine show. And uh, I think it was really successful for them. And if you can monetize it, I think that might be a way for bands to just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be the way where you might have to be doing that. But, you know, 
some of us, and I know all of us, will also miss that live feeling. Yeah, it's hard for me to do that and have the show be the same thing. I, I, yeah. I need an audience too. Yeah, just you know the audience, the vibe, the you know the small dingy club, the energy of the fans there. You know, you, you kind of need that to make a good you know event. Yeah, I think you know. Also, you hearing you say that, I think eventually people will. You know, we have a we have a knack of forgetting easily, and I think people will slowly come back to how things were and want live shows and live music. I just hope it doesn't create a, you know, a permanent mark or scar on live music for rock music. And, and so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. You can't predict the future. You hope people want to rush out. But then again, you know, with, uh, you know, my thoughts is, you know, there's a lot of fear in the media. Yeah. And that that will change you know once a treatment is out there that works and everybody kind of can exhale a little bit and yeah i think people will start to relax a little more and and have that itch again like i gotta go out man i really want to i gotta get out of this house so i've been cooped up in it for you know whatever yeah so i mean dude i've been cooped up in here i mean i went to get some groceries you know the essentials but i've been at home since we got back from the tour march 12th Yep. Yep. You know, that's a you know, it's a pretty long quarantine, but you know what? We we all got to do it, you know, for the greater good. Yeah, been uh locked in this Thursday will be um 4 weeks for me. What have you stepped out at all? Oh, well, yeah, like just to get groceries and and walk the dog. Uh yeah. but but other than that, there's been no other reason to go out. I mean, there's no reason for anyone to go out, really. Just unless, you know, you got to get the essentials and that's it. Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, it, it, it's crazy time, you know. It, it's, it's, you know what, I'd rather be locked up at home than locked up in prison. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, especially these days. But, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, it's, 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 it sucks. But if you're, if you're well and you're, you're okay, then just deal with it, man. We've, we've all got... So many gadgets and devices to keep ourselves busy for more of the day than ever before. So, yeah. So, I mean, if everyone does their part, hopefully this thing could get, uh, you know, lifted sooner than later. Ah, I hope so. Yeah. I know San Francisco is doing a really good job at locking down. So. Yeah, I mean, when I when I went to the grocery the other day, I mean, the streets were pretty empty and stuff like that. Groceries were still packed, but it seems like everyone is practicing social distancing, wearing the mask and gloves, and you know, like the grocery stores are really good at like, all right, a few people at a time, so there's not everyone's in there. So I think they're doing a good job at that. And you know, when I do, you know, I do walk my dog at the park, and you know, there's barely anyone, hardly probably anyone there but if there is we do practice social distancing too yeah you got to but yeah yeah but i don't know in toronto you'll be surprised man there's so many people who aren't doing it so i just hope that oh man just do it and we can we can get over it and get back to normal quicker you know yeah i mean we'll see i mean it's hard like backpedaling a little bit it's hard not to uh watch the news but in a way you got it because there's always like new stuff coming up 
but you know every now and then I'll, I'll i'll tune out and listen to music or you know catch up on or do some netflix binging and whatnot you got to yeah have you been on a binge not really i haven't binged i mean i'm just like i'll watch you know tiger king <laughs> or uh you know some show but i'm not sitting on the couch for like three hours straight watching because i'm just it's just too unnerving i'm just got you know i just want to know what's going on you know yeah so yeah tough. i hear you i mean i i've i've been binging so it feels good <laughs> to catch up to catch up on some stuff you know that i i don't normally get to do yeah yeah well no man you guys had a great tour and you're back home and you guys just went through some crazy stuff, so I'm just happy to to be talking to you today because that means Will is better and everything's cool, you know. Yeah, everything's cool. I mean, you know, you know, he. I heard he um, yesterday. I heard he just got home, which is a good thing. I haven't spoke to him yet. I mean, we've been texting here and there, but um, I'm just gonna let him do his thing. You know, just rest yeah. up and you know get situated and figure things out and you know when he reaches out to me then you know we'll chat then but for now i just want him to recover that's great man yeah well ted man thanks for talking to me today man it's a it's no problem good distraction from everything totally yeah man i mean it's a good distraction too plus we haven't chatted up in days you were out of town when we came through that i guess and then you guys were out of town you were in stockholm when we came through san francisco yeah, where'd you play? Bottom of the Hill or? Bottom of the Hill, yeah, with uh, Junkyard. Yeah, how was that show? Oh, it was so much fun, man. It was great. We had a blast. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Junkyard, they're old school, man. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, Brian Baker wasn't in the band, uh, in the lineup, but he's still okay. in the band. Like, he's too busy with Bad Religion, but it was it was a fun time. That's killer. Was there a lot of people? It There was. I mean, it was pretty respectable, like a few hundred Oh man, that's killer for bottom of the hill. Man. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was happy about it. The turnout was good. Yeah, yeah, dude, played. Uh, was it? I forgot where we played in Sweden. Some huge, huge hall, but that was a killer show. In Stockholm. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Was it? Yeah, in Stockholm. It was. It was fucking. It was fucking incredible. But you know what? It, it's funny because I, I tried to get a hold of the guys from Hardcore Superstars, but they were on the Monsters of Rock cruise. Oh right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone was busy, so but that show was really good, man. Scandinavia shows are awesome. Oh my god, yeah. When you're in the country, you gotta let everyone know. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, dude, the first uh, few shows were uh, we did four shows. We did uh, was it Denmark, Sweden, uh, Norway, and we did Helsinki and Tampere. Yeah. Then was it? I think it was from Oslo. Or was it from Finn? I mean, from Sweden somewhere? We did. We got on the craziest ferry ride ever. Oh my god! I've been on those, man. No, dude. I mean, <laughs> they they told us to stay in our cabin, dude. All you know on the top floor of the um, of the ferry, dude. I have video of it. All the dishes were they came off the shelves and they were cracked on the floor. Jeez. Dude, it it felt like. You know, everyone thought everyone was going to die. There was people upstairs on the phone calling their loved ones. I think I'm not going to make it. That was how bad the ferry ride is, dude. Oh we were in our cabin, 
and I looked out the window and you see this big wave just hit that side of the, the ferry and you could see underwater. That's how brutal Holy it was. Now, <laughs> but they warned you beforehand, so they knew they'd been through this before. No, they didn't warn us until we got on the boat. And when we were like a few hours in to go, we're going to hit some rough waters. But we didn't know it was going to be that bad. Damn. You know what I mean? And it's funny because all the bands got on that ferry and left. And after we left, all the ferry rides behind us got canceled. And Testament Semi was on that one of the ferries that got canceled. Whoa. So they went old school and we 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 all shared gear like uh testament used exodus and death angels gear for for their set wow yeah dude it was it was insane <laughs> but you know it, it, it you know it made for a good tour and made for good stories you know what i'm saying jeez where were you in your room man were you were you uh under the bed <laughs> no i was looking out the window dude you felt the the boat dude i I thought we were going to sink, put it that way. I thought it was that bad, dude. It was really bad. And talking to the, all the, the OG members like Gary Holt, and Rob, and you know Chuck, they go, we've been on ferry rides since the 80s, and this was the worst one. <laughs> you know? People were throwing up in their room. And right. It was bad. It, it, it was really bad. But, you know, it was like it happened for like four hours. Oh my, rough God. Ride. oh my god four hours dude then i finally got to bed and woke up it was like whoa everyone's like dude i'm sick i was throwing <laughs> up in my room that was the worst and we had to get on the same ferry back you know what i mean to sweden and some of the uh some of the testament people flew right we, our next our next gig was in hamburg right yeah but it, it wasn't was pretty insane bad. but it wasn't as bad. No, no, dude. It was smooth sailing on the way back. I just, I just think we just hit a storm on the way there. Right. You know what I mean, it was just bad timing. But we all survived and made for good stories. And you know, I'm telling it to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Right on, Dan. Good to hear from you, man. Stay safe and healthy. You too, man. Good to hear from you too. And stay safe. All right, man. Later. Later. Later.